0: Testing one, two, three. Testing one, two, three. This is Radio Free Mormon on the air, broadcasting behind enemy lines. Tonight's episode new claims against Tim Ballard. Yes, this has to do with the original lawsuit that was filed against Tim Ballard. We've got so many lawsuits in the news that I want to make sure we're on board with what I'm talking about. I just got done with the last episode yesterday, talking about a new class action against the LDS church, which has nothing to do with with tim ballard this has to do with the cases filed against tim ballard not against the church at least not as of yet so we have two cases that are filed against tim ballard there is the first case which involves five women plaintiffs who claim various things against tim ballard many of them of a sexual nature sexual harassment sexual assault even being alleged against Tim Ballard in these complaints. That first complaint is the one that originally, I just went through the complaint itself because the five statements of the women which were attached to it were so long. Generally, you can get a better sense of a lawsuit just by going through the complaint. That was not true in that instance. So what happened was the first complaint, I read the complaint, not the five added witness statements. Then there was a second lawsuit filed, which was by a married couple, married at least as of the time it was filed, though it looks like they're on the rocky road to divorce, which they're blaming on Tim Ballard. Okay, that one, because the complaint itself mirrored so much the first complaint, I went to the statements of the individuals, the couple, in that second complaint in order to make it new and hopefully interesting. It was when I read those statements, I realized how anemic the first complaint had been. And I went back and I read the five, all five witness statements in the first complaint as well. And I did a series of episodes on that. All right, now the first complaint has been amended, which just means it's been changed. So the first complaint with the five women has now been filed as an amended complaint to change what's in the complaint itself. That's what the nature of an amended complaint is. It was filed two days ago on November 2nd, 2023, and it's a huge amendment to this complaint. Let me tell you, I've reviewed it. The first complaint had around 185 pages in it, I think 186 pages, which is pretty long, and most of that was given over to the statements, I might add. now. The amended complaint has approximately 60 more pages of material. It clocks in at 246, I believe it is, 246 pages of material. And a lot of that is in the exhibits. Once again, they have the first five exhibits from the women. Now, some of those they have tweaked. They have made them better. They could have used a lot of improvement as I mentioned when I went over them and read them. Some of them were done pretty well. Others of them looked like they had been done uh, speech to text and nobody looked at it afterward or made any corrections. And hopefully now they've made corrections. It also appears that in some of those, it looks like they have made corrections in some of them. Um, And hopefully in some of them as well, it looks like, not hopefully, but it does look like they've added material. Now, this is a concern, okay? Number one, I'm not gonna go back through those statements and now compare one statement with another and without any identifiers, try and weed out what has been added to each statement. They could have marked or highlighted or separated it in some way. What it was that was from the original statement in the original complaint versus the amended statement in the amended complaint. They didn't do this, okay? This would be like going through the inspired version of the Bible, which is the Joseph Smith translation as published by the Reorganized Church. They used to do that. Maybe they still do as the community of Christ. But in that Bible, they have taken all the Joseph Smith changes to the Bible and put them into the text of the Bible. They're not separated by red lettering or italics or, any, or footnotes like we have it in the LDS version of the Bible. It's simply part of the text of the Bible. And that would be the same kind of, labor intensive act required in order to go through and compare and see what is Joseph Smith and what is the Bible when there's no indicators as to what's different. Okay, enough of the analogy. Um, So that is difficult to do. It's not something I'm going to do. It's not something I'm willing to do. And it's something that they should have considered when they filed this uh, statement in this way. It's not like it's a brand new lawsuit. There was a lawsuit before. And this is another concern about these statements, which is if if there is new information that was discovered after the lawsuit was filed and after those statements were made, and now they're supplementing it with new information, that's one thing. But if, as seems to be the case, in some instances at least, they've gone back now and they're not talking about new information they've discovered since they um, created their original statement, but they're just going back and adding information. If they change the format to make it clearer and better uh, to understand, that's fine. But if they're adding new information, that's going to be problematic. This is why they never should have included these statements in the first place, in my opinion, It's such a departure from the normal course of conduct of cases like this and lawyers in cases like this. Why would you put a statement of your client at the end of a lawsuit when that's just going to give another instantiation of their testimony to be compared with their deposition with other statements they've made in order to find places where they don't fit right so the more statements a person makes the more fodder there is for the attorney on the other side to find places where it doesn't match up or contradicts even you want to keep those to a minimum All right. So now that they've filed the original statement with the original complaint, if they're adding information to that, now it subjects itself to the accusation of being made up, right? In other words, why are you adding information to a statement that's already been filed? It's already on record. You can't come back and take it back. There's no take here. Why are you adding information that wasn't in the first statement that could have been in the first statement and in fact should have been in the first statement, even though the first statement should never have been filed in the first place, okay? But you understand what I'm saying. If you're gonna make that decision to file statements of witnesses, you better make sure they're ironclad and they're not gonna change. And now they've already changed and it's been what, a month at the most or so since that was filed originally? Yeah, this is not a good look. Just saying. However, there is additional information that is in the complaint. There are a number of new exhibits. In fact, there were five exhibits that went up through, through Exhibit E the first time. Now it's up through Exhibit Oh, is it P or so. There's a number of new exhibits, some of them quite lengthy. And we're going to go a few. We're going to go through a few of those. Excuse me. There's so much on my mind right now. I just got to tell you, I've been reviewing and reviewing this and comparing the the, the complaint with the, the exhibits. It's a bit complicated. I figured out that I'm going to try and tailor it down to what I think is important, what I think is interesting. And hopefully you'll agree with me, there's no way I can read through this entire new complaint. I am not disposed to, but I have located the section of the complaint that seems to have the new material in it. I have certainly found the exhibits that are new because that's easy right there's five exhibits the first time and they're the same although they're modified those are the witness statements but the ones after that those are new and they're referenced in the complaint one thing i did want to say as a um, kudos at least to the lawyers is that this time this time they did a much better job in their complaint incorporating the allegations that are made in the statements. Once again, they never should have attached the statements in the first place. But given that they did, the original complaint that I read through on the air really did not do a good job of incorporating the information from the statements. That's why I had to go back and actually read the statements themselves. Now in this amended complaint, they've done a better job of incorporating that information into the complaint and referring to the statements that support what it is they're saying in the complaint. So that's a good thing. Except for the fact they shouldn't have the statements there in the first place. And except for the fact that they should have done it right the first time. I'm just saying this is kind of a big deal. It's kind of a big case. It's open to a lot of public scrutiny, even here at Radio Free Mormon. All right. So with that introduction, which has taken me about 10 minutes, let me just say, please click like, please click subscribe. And thank you to everybody who has donated to the show to keep us on the air. Let's go to this new 100 and oh, excuse me, 246-page complaint. Oh my goodness! All right, so what I want to do is I want to go through this and I want to bring it down. See, once again, this is the same complaint. It says first amended complaint over there. Hopefully, they're not going to do it again and have a second amended complaint. By the way, there are at least a couple of places where they have new information that they wouldn't have known as of the time that they filed the complaint. And, you know, I don't have any problem with their amending the complaint to include relevant evidence that they didn't have access to as of the time they filed the original complaint. All right. What I want to do is I want to go down now to page eight in the complaint. Remember these pictures? These pictures were in the original complaint and down to here where we have a picture of. Tim Ballard, that's Tim Ballard's back, hugging Sean Reyes, who is the Utah Attorney General. Uh, Let's see, we go from 46. One of Ballard's closest friends is Utah Attorney General Sean Reyes, with Reyes promoting Ballard until just recently to be the next United States Senator from the state of Utah. They have that picture. Now it segues into some additional information. Very interesting additional information, indeed. According to General Reyes' webpage, Reyes is the top law enforcement official in Utah, charged with protecting consumers from those who abuse the law. Again, providing credibility to Ballard and OUR that was not warranted. General Reyes, Attorney General Reyes, it, it just sounds strange when they say general. Attorney General Reyes has repeatedly vouched for OUR and Tim Ballard, even participating in an alleged op in Columbia which was well-publicized in Utah, giving Ballard the cover of the top law enforcement officer in the state of Utah to carry out his purposes, including the couple's ruse, even while consumer complaints and criminal investigations were coming into his office, Reyes's office, regarding the improprieties of OUR and Ballard. Okay, now we get some more information. General Reyes gave undue credibility to OUR and Tim Ballard with foreign leaders, See exhibit F. All right. So remember originally it went up to exhibit E. Now it's referencing the new exhibits and why it is that they're attached. So we're going to go through these um additional information, the additional paragraphs, which is basically as I count it, paragraphs uh 46 through around 85. It's approximately 10 pages here in the complaint. Then we'll look at the exhibits themselves. So here's General General Reyes gave undue credibility to O.U.R. and Tim Ballard with foreign leaders. Complaints of fraud and sex abuse by O.U.R. and Tim Ballard were coming into the Attorney General's office, and it was determined that the Davis County Attorney's Office would conduct a criminal investigation of Tim Ballard and O.U.R. as the Attorney General of the state of Utah had a conflict of interest because of his involvement and support of Tim Ballard and O-U-R. So this is why it is that the Davis County prosecutor ends up doing the investigation, which normally the AG's office would do it because Sean Reyes has an obvious conflict of interest. He says, okay, we'll have the Davis County prosecutor do it. And that is Troy Rawlings. And we're gonna be hearing a lot more about Troy Rawlings in this new amended um, complaint. Okay, we got a nice picture here of Sean Reyes in his O-U-R gear, holding his O-U-R gun. O-U-R began claiming credit on its webpage and blog posts for work that other organizations were performing. See Exhibit G. When these organizations started criticizing O-U-R on social media for its fraudulent hijacking of plaintiffs' organizations' work, O-U-R and Tim Ballard began attacking them. So what they're saying is that Tim Ballard is taking credit for what other organizations are doing and that when they these other organizations, they don't take too kindly to it, they start criticizing Tim Ballard for it on social media and Tim Ballard starts attacking them in response. That's what the allegation is here. Once again, these are simply allegations. This is not a fact-finding proceeding. There is no judge making decisions as to what is true or uh, jury-making any such decisions either. These are simply allegations at this point, although they do add some more evidence, and the evidence is where I'm at, and the evidence is where I'm going to take you, and the evidence is going to be in those exhibits that they're referencing right now. So some of these organizations reached out to the Davis County investigation team, the ones doing the investigation to Tim Ballard. Based upon their experiences with OURs and Tim Ballard's dishonesty and attacks, and what OUR was actually doing the Davis County attorney's office issued subpoenas to some of these complainants for them to provide certain documents and testimony related to its investigation of OUR. So they're making complaints about Tim Ballard, what he's doing. So of course they make it to the person, Troy Rawlings and the Davis County prosecutor's office. He's doing the investigation says, okay, I want the information and the documents that you're talking about. So he issues subpoenas to them, all right? All that's quite normal and standard. Now, upon learning of these complaints, Attorney General Reyes would step in and rather than investigate what OUR and Tim Ballard would were doing, would intimidate the complaints. Now, this is confusing to me, mainly. I understand that what they're saying is <clears throat> that Sean Reyes is providing cover for Tim Ballard. I get the allegation. But what it says here is that Sean Reyes, when he learned of the complaints, he would step in and intimidate the complainants, right? He says, rather than investigate what OUR and Tim Ballard were doing, well, why should he investigate them? He's the one with the conflict of interest. It should be referred to Troy Rawlings, right? Over in Davis County. That's the part I don't understand. The allegation, though, is that he would intimidate the people who are complaining to Davis County about Tim Ballard. Some of these complainants became very serious, very nervous, excuse me. Some of these complainants became very nervous, which anxiety was justified as both plaintiff and Troy Rawlings were threatened with a lawsuit by OUR and Tim Ballard. And OUR and Tim Ballard hired a law firm in San Francisco to sue Troy Rawlings. All right, now from what I've heard, what I've read in reviewing this case and listening to other people, this is starting to fit the pattern, right? For Tim Ballard, if he's under investigation, which he is by the Davis County Prosecutor's Office and Troy Rawlings, what he then does is he gets an attorney to try and intimidate them and sue them. This is how he operates. When he is being investigated. When he is on the ropes, he decides he's going to find some way to attack and try and throw the person who is investigating him on the defensive. That seems to be what's happening here. At the same time, others who had made complaints against O.U.R. and Tim Ballard, critical and highly credible witnesses, it says here in the parentheses, began withdrawing their complaints based upon fear of retribution by O.U.R. and Tim Ballard thus impeding the davis county investigation all right so tim ballard makes it really bad for troy rawlings hires a law firm in san francisco to sue him over the investigation that troy rawlings is doing into tim ballard and our and now some of these complainants are starting to say hmm Maybe we don't want to be involved in this. And they're starting to back out, withdrawing their complaints, which would, of course, would be exactly what Tim Ballard would want if these allegations are true. The Davis County investigation revealed that OUR and Tim Ballard were aware that allegations were being made that Ballard failed his CIA polygraph test, was on an unpicked was on and I think it just was an unpaid intern at the CIA, and was fired from the CIA. OUR and Tim Ballard were aware that eight different women had complained to the Davis County investigation that Ballard had engaged in sexual affairs with them. OUR and Tim Ballard were aware that the Davis County attorney believed that Catherine Ballard had tampered with witnesses to impede them from cooperation with the Davis County investigation, all right? Now there's a reason that these last three paragraphs have been phrased in such a strange way, where it says the Davis County investigation revealed and OUR and Tim Ballard were aware. Okay, they're referencing Exhibit J, and Exhibit J is a long letter which is written, I believe, by the law firm that Tim Ballard had hired to bring action against Troy Rawlings, the prosecutor in Davis County. It's a long, long letter and it's multiple pages. It's typed out. It has all these allegations against Troy Rawlings and what he's doing that's bad and wrong and evil and how he is out to get Tim Ballard. Well, in that letter that they had obtained, there are things in it that Tim's attorneys are saying about Troy Rawlings. And among those things are these items. So if Tim's attorneys are claiming these things against Troy Rawlings, the prosecuting attorney, then obviously Tim Ballard has to know about them. Does that make sense? he has to know that Troy Rawlings is aware of this information. That's why it's being said this way. I hope that makes it clear. It, this is a bit complicated and a bit involved now. It took me some time trying to wrap my mind around exactly what's going on, and I think I've got a pretty good grip on it now. Okay, back to 60. I just read 60. you OUR and Tim Ballard were aware that the Davis County attorney, that's Troy Rawlings, believed that Catherine Ballard had tampered with witnesses to impede them from cooperation with the Davis County investigation. So notice it's not saying that that's what happened, but it is saying that O.U.R. and Tim Ballard were aware that the Davis County attorney believed that because we can get that evidence and that, that information out of basically the threatening letter that was sent by Tim Ballard's attorneys. 61, paragraph. Troy Rawlings had also believed that General Reyes was guilty of witness tampering. Troy Rawlings, I'm saying this again, Troy Rawlings also believed that General Reyes, Attorney General Sean Reyes, was guilty of witness tampering. Troy Rawlings alleged to have written communications, and when he says to have, that means to possess, I think. Troy Rawlings alleged that he possessed written communications from Attorney General Reyes to a witness requesting the witness not to cooperate with Rawlings in the investigation. Now, once again, you have to remember that this letter is being written as a screed against Troy Rawlings saying all these things he's doing wrong and how horrible he's acting. And they're saying this like it's a bad thing, that Troy Rawlings is making all this stuff up, They are using it in the amended complaint just to show what it is that they can tell from the letter and that Troy Rawlings alleged to have a written communication from Attorney General Reyes to a witness requesting the witness not to cooperate with Rawlings in the investigation. If that's true, that's dynamite. That is bombshell stuff. If this is something that Troy Rawlings was actually acting inappropriately and making stuff up, or if Tim Ballard's lawyers are making that up about Troy Rawlings, then it's a nothing burger, right? But the allegation is out there and now it's in the amended complaint. 63 OUR went to its de facto general counsel. Now, that's what they're going to call Sean Reyes, their de facto general counsel, which means he's not named. On the letterhead, it's the general counsel, but he's acting as if he were, regardless of the fact that he's the attorney general for the state of Utah. So they went to Sean Reyes and asked that a special prosecutor be appointed to prosecute Troy Rawlings. And that's Exhibit K. Yeah, we're past Exhibit J now. We're into Exhibit K. Once again, this is... uh, Fitting a pattern, as I said, O-U-R went to its, let's leave out the de facto general counsel. That's being a little bit too, um, I don't know, flippant with the facts. Yeah, you talk to me about flippant. Yeah, of course I'm flippant all the time, but I try to keep it to a minimum when I'm writing something that's gonna be written by a judge. So O-U-R went to Sean Reyes and asked that a special prosecutor be appointed to prosecute Troy Rawlings. So here's the situation, right? We've got Sean Reyes, who normally would be conducting the investigation into Operation Underground Railroad because he's the attorney general. He's not going to do that because he has an obvious conflict of interest because he's such close friends with Tim Ballard. Therefore, it is appropriately sent out to another agency, in this case, the Davis County Prosecutor's Office, to conduct the investigation. Troy Rawlings is the prosecutor there. He's in charge of the investigation. So as Troy Rawlings goes into this investigation and is making things hotter and hotter for Tim and uncovering more and more bad stuff about Tim, Tim responds now by contacting Sean Reyes, the attorney general, and saying, I want you to appoint a special prosecutor to prosecute Troy Rawlings, the guy who's investigating me. Now, I want to say... Uh, It is theoretically possible, and I'm sure it's happened before, though hopefully not often, that a prosecutor or anybody who's conducting an investigation could be conducting it unfairly and be out to get somebody. Yep, that could happen. I don't know that it's happening here, but that's the dynamic that's going on. That's the allegation that Tim Ballard and OUR are making to Sean Reyes and why they're asking Sean Reyes to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate Troy Rawlings. It also fits into this pattern about how Tim Ballard operates, at least according to the allegations. If you're on the defense, then you just go crazy and attack, attack, attack. Sometimes it's better just to cooperate with the investigation. At least that is if you don't have anything to hide. It's been my experience. Okay. So next paragraph, Troy Rawlings went to Attorney General Sean Reyes and informed him of OUR's threat to sue him, which General Reyes immediately informed Tim Ballard and OUR of Troy Rawlings concerned and deemed Mr. Rawlings' statements as false. All right? So Troy Rawlings now goes back to Sean Reyes, tells him, hey, OUR is threatening to sue me, and now Sean Reyes goes to Tim Ballard, his buddy, tells him about what uh, Troy Rawling said and his concerns. And then he ends up deeming what Troy Rawling said to him, Sean Reyes, as false. Even as more fraud complaints came into General Reyes, he would immediately send them to Tim Ballard on his personal email instead of his official Utah email. And they've got an exhibit of that showing that kind of thing with a different kind of complaint entirely. But as fraud complaints come in to General Reyes, he's sending them to Tim Ballard and not sending it to Tim Ballard on his government attorney general email, but on his personal email. At this time, Tim Ballard was ignoring his in-house counsel's advice. Now, once again, they're talking about Sean Reyes, that what he was doing, no, I'm sorry, they're not talking about Sean Reyes. This is why it's, um can be confusing when they call Sean Reyes up here in paragraph 63, it's de facto general counsel. Okay, at this time, Tim Ballard was ignoring his in-house counsel's advice. This is really his attorney that he's paying for. That what he was doing was illegal and unethical and could subject him to criminal liability from the Davis County investigation and the Department of Justice. See exhibit M. Exhibit M is a very, very long multi-page document because it's basically emails. And once I get to it, we'll talk about it a little bit more. There's no way I'm going to read that entire thing. I'll describe it for you. What it is is that uh, OUR hires an in-house counsel and there is an op that goes on and the videotape of the op is sent to the in-house counsel to review to see if they're playing according to Hoyle, to see if there's anything that they need to do differently and to avoid legal problems down the road with what they're doing and the admissibility of evidence and the success of the prosecution of this person. And so what happens is the information is given to the in-house counsel who only knows what she's given. She writes an email to Tim and one other person at this point detailing all the problems that there are with this investigation, how over and over again, it could lead to entrapment of this person that they're investigating. And it looks like entrapment, entrapment, entrapment. And it looks like what you're doing is going over the line. And are you using, and are you using child pornography here? I hope you're not using child pornography here. She's in the video. She can't see what's on the screen that's being showed to the subject the video of him seeing the phone screen. She can't see what's on the phone screen. I hope that's not child pornography because that could subject you to criminal prosecution. Okay, so then what happens is that Tim Ballard writes back to her this excruciatingly long email explaining how it is that in every instance, she's wrong, the attorney's wrong, the attorney's wrong, the attorney's wrong, he's right, he's right, he's right. And the reason that he's wrong, the reason that he says she's wrong is because he says, I didn't give you all the information. Well, why wouldn't you give all the information to the person who's your in-house counsel that you want to review to make sure that you're doing everything legally? He says, there was all this other stuff that happened beforehand that we didn't tell you about. So he brought up all these subjects. Okay, I'm sorry. Let me just tell you a little bit about entrapment. This is really important for you to understand, to understand what's going on in this part. Entrapment means when law enforcement goes to a person and they basically put an idea into their head to do something criminal and end up getting them to do something criminal that they would not have otherwise done. That's entrapment. So in the video that was provided to this in-house legal counsel, all it shows is Tim bringing up this stuff, bringing up this stuff, bringing up this stuff. In other words, putting the idea, putting the idea, putting the idea into this person's head. And frequently they keep saying, no, no, no. They don't want to be part of it. You see, eventually I think they do a little bit. And that's why this in-house legal counsel is telling him, you can't be doing this because that's entrapment. Duh. And I hope the stuff you're showing him is not child pornography. Well, now Tim Ballard comes back in his response and says, well, the reason you got the wrong idea about what it was I was doing and had this whole entrapment idea is that we didn't tell you all the other information. We didn't give you all the information. There are actually all these other times that we met with this guy beforehand, before we recorded this video of this time we went to go interrogate him. There's all these other meetings that we had with him beforehand where he brought these subjects up. We are just in the recorded video returning to the subjects that he already brought up. The ideas that he already wanted to do, the crimes that he already wanted to commit. Therefore, it's not entrapment. Okay. Now, kudos to the in-house counsel because she says, look, if you want to fire me, go ahead and fire me. But I'm standing by what I'm saying based upon the information that I was given. Now, from a defense attorney's, excuse me, from a defense attorney's point of view, what this looks like. And what it would look like, I think, to anybody is that it has been known to happen that when police have done their reports and there's a certain legal issue that somebody sees in those police reports before it gets filed, before it goes to trial, it has been known for law enforcement to go back and change the reports or create other things to help get around that legal issue that is actually there from what really happened, okay? So in other words, very simple thing. I'm not saying this happens a lot, by the way, okay? Um, Law enforcement in the United States, 95%, probably more best people you could meet, best people you could have as neighbors. But there is a percentage, it's a small percentage, thank goodness, but there is a percentage, and any officer who's listening to this knows that. All the good ones know about the bad ones, believe me. Who will monkey with things and change things in order to try and win. In other words, they will change the facts in order to try and win the case. And this is what is suggested by this email exchange between Tim Ballard and his in-house counsel because this is what he says he gives to her. And she says, this is a problem. This is a problem. This is a problem. And he says, Oh, well, that's because I didn't give you everything. All this other stuff happened before, which takes care of the problem. See, it wasn't entrapment because we had all these meetings with him before where he brought up the ideas. We weren't bringing them up in the video the way it looks like. And the only information that we gave you our in-house counsel to review. No, we had other stuff that we didn't give you. And the reason we didn't give it to you is because we're never going to give all the details of any case to anybody. It's really quite a tour de force. So let me go back now to this and read it again. Okay. Because that's what is all compacted into this paragraph 66. At this time, Tim Ballard was ignoring his in-house counsel's advice that what he was doing was illegal and unethical and could subject him to criminal liability from the Davis County investigation and the Department of Justice see exhibit in. All right. Ballard claims to be blessed by Tom Harrison. We've heard this before. We're gonna get more detail now. They got some really interesting exhibits on this one. We'll read those. Both while Tom was alive and through spear president Ken Krogh, Remember that name, Ken. Spear President Ken Krogh, claiming to anoint Ballard as a chosen one, not subject to the jurisdiction of government and church authorities. Hmm, see exhibits N and O. Oh, we'll see those. Ballard has been, until recently, business associates and close friends with Apostle and Acting President of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles, M. Russell Ballard. President Ballard. Of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints mormon or mormon church Two. now look at this this is new i mean i would think i would have noticed it the first time i read through it a few weeks ago so they're going to call it the mormon church now did you notice that they said president ballard of the church of jesus christ of latter-day saints mormon or mormon church and they're going to give an explanatory footnote number two Because the full name of the church includes the name of deity, plaintiff's counsel will refer to the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints as it is more commonly known, the Mormon Church, in order to limit the use of the sacred name of Jesus Christ. What the heck? I mean, I think we all know where this comes from, at least those with uh, knowledge about Mormonism and the Doctrine and Covenants where it says in one of the revelations received by Joseph Smith from God, that God isn't really happy about the name of Jesus Christ being used a lot. And therefore, we don't use the name Jesus Christ when we talk about the the priesthood, the greater priesthood, right? The Melchizedek priesthood. And it says that in order to avoid the too frequent repetition of the name of God or the name of deity, we call it the Melchizedek priesthood instead of the priesthood after the order of the Son of God. Even there, just Son of God is you know, we don't want to repeat it repeated, or God doesn't or Joseph Smith or the revelation says it shouldn't be. But now they're going to say, we're going to call it the Mormon church because it contains the name of Jesus Christ. And we want to limit the use of the sacred name of Jesus Christ. It's rare that I find something so religious in a civil complaint, but there you have it. So they're going to call it the Mormon church. And now we get to 69. President Ballard has cited Tim Ballard to students at Brigham Young University, Idaho, as an expert of Book of Mormon, Prophet Nephi, and the Mormon view of American history. There's a nice picture, remember, with Glenn Beck and President Ballard of the Mormon Church. And Tim Ballard. Tim Ballard has met with President Ballard in the church administration building in Salt Lake City to discuss OUR's work. The Davis County investigation, according to OUR's own internal documents, revealed that Elder M. Russell Ballard and other authorities from the Mormon Church provided Mormon tithing records to OUR to help OUR target wealthy donors and wealthy Mormon church wards. Okay, that's it. At page 7, it's going to be Exhibit J again. So that Exhibit J, once again, the screed letter from the attorneys Tim Ballard right there hired to um to sue Troy Rawlings the Davis County prosecutor that was investigating him at the time now that is kind of mind blowing that the Davis County investigation according to OURS own internal documents which obviously somebody got a hold of Reveal that Elder M. Russell Ballard and other authorities from the Mormon church provided Mormon tithing records to OUR to help OUR target wealthy donors and wealthy Mormon church wards. Now, this is really kind of, um. let's just say I'm shocked but not surprised. I mean, it is Elder Ballard. This is exactly his MO. We already know that he contacted this multimillionaire young guy named Brunson and directed Brunson, according to Brunson's own video that he made and posted to contact Tim Ballard and to donate to him. And Brent said had never even heard of Tim Ballard or Operation Underground Railroad, but he did it because he's a faithful Mormon, and here comes an apostle telling him what to do, and he does it. So with that background, and we know that that's the case, why should we be surprised if Elder Ballard is helping Tim Ballard know who the really, really super wealthy Mormons are by providing him tithing records and wealthy Mormon church wards. Ballard has spoken to many Mormon church groups across the country, including athletic teams at Brigham Young University. Ballard has authorized, once again, we're back to Ballard, that's Tim. Tim Ballard has authored at least three purported historical books promoting Mormon nationalism that had been published and sold by the Mormon Church-owned Deseret Book, which were big sellers in the Mormon community, and further created the myth of Tim Ballard. Ballard's enmeshment with the Mormon Church further provided him credibility and status in Utah, where the Mormon Church is the largest and founding denomination of the state. Despite the very public distancing recently of the Mormon Church from Tim Ballard, the Mormon Church continues to promote OUR. This is one of those things that they couldn't have known as of the time they filed the complaint. It's interesting. I'd heard about this, but listen to this the way it's put in the complaint. Very interesting. For example, on October fifteenth, two 2023, OUR's president, defendant Osborne, that's Matt Osborne, gave a fireside on grooming tactics, extortion schemes, and other matters in the new Braunfels Second Ward in Texas. All right. So then the question is, if the church has publicly denounced Tim Ballard, which they did, why is it that after they've denounced him, the church is sponsoring firesides on grooming tactics, extortion schemes, and other matters by the president of OUR? I think the answer to that, we kind of all know, don't we? I mean, it's a little word. It's down there in Texas for crying out loud. It's the president of OUR. He comes down there and sp- they don't even know what's going on. I doubt. I doubt that they're aware of anything that's going on. And this sounds like a good subject for them to have somebody talk about. And he seems to have credentials since he's the president of Operation Underground Railroad. And, um, but anyway, it is interesting from the plaintiff's point of view how that looks, isn't it? The church on the one hand is denouncing Tim Ballard. They're not denouncing OUR. And on the other hand, they're having the new president of OUR give a fireside in the little ward in Texas. Yeah, I'm not sure that that is that astonishing. Here's the announcement from the new Braunfels second ward and that fireside. Yeah. So Tim Ballard became friends with Glenn Beck, an American conservative political commentator, radio host, entrepreneur, and television producer. Glenn Beck donated significant amounts excuse me significant amounts of money to begin O U R Tim Ballard and Glenn Beck formed defendant company Nazarene Fund to fight Christian causes across the globe and Beck gave Ballard almost unlimited access to the Glenn Beck media network which further contributed to Ballard's credibility Beck along with attorney general Reyes who should have been looking at arresting and prosecuting Tim Ballard after the sexual assaults and fundraising being thrown upon the citizens of the state of Utah by Tim Ballard. Beck, along with Attorney General Reyes, became a fixer for Tim Ballard when the extent of his sexual depravity became known to the Mormon church. Yeah, I think that paragraph and sentence would be improved by removing the parenthetical comment. That's just too argumentative, really. I prefer... That it stick with the facts became a fixer for tim ballard so they're saying that sean reyes became a fixer for tim ballard when the extent of his sexual depravity became known to the mormon church and now we've got a gmail now this is not as an attachment it's not an exhibit it is actually in the body of the complaint so they're saying that sean reyes becomes a fixer for tim ballard once he's been exposed now this is saturday september 16th remember The church issued that condemnation of him on September 15th, the Friday, the day before. So this is very, very hot right then. This has just happened. And here's Glenn Beck. And Glenn Beck is sending an email to Tim Ballard. It's titled, Non-Update Update. update." Saturday, September 16th at 6.31 p.m. Tim, Once again, Glenn Beck, writing to Tim Ballard. Tim, I have spoken to Elder Anderson. So, Glenn Beck, he calls up Elder Anderson. I don't know why I should be surprised by that. These guys are powerful and wealthy, and they have access, I guess, to apostles of Jesus Christ because of it. Tim, I have spoken to Elder Anderson, who is out of the country, Mike Lee a few times, and Sean Ray is today. So, Glenn's been very, very um, active in helping Tim out. Behind the scenes, first, Elder Anderson did not have any information that was new as he has been out of the country. He said he knew that this was urgent and would be talking to some of the brethren and would get back to me this week. He indicated that the language of betrayal was disturbing, the language of betrayal in the official church statement, but he knew very little beyond this. He was very concerned about you as well as the church and promised to get back to me as soon as he heard anything. He did urge caution for everyone until we know more from the church authorities. I urged him that time was of the essence. He understood and said he would do all he could do. Excuse me. All right. From where he was. Second, I spoke to Mike and Sean, Mike Lee, and Sean Reyes, several times today as well. That's Saturday, September 16th. I feel strongly that we keep our powder dry until we know exactly what is happening with the church. Any false or inaccurate statements or speculation from anyone on your side, Tim, again, again any, will prove deadly to the cause of justice. I believe you should speak to Sean and Mike about an attorney outside of Utah with no Mormon ties to avoid conflict that can soft pitch the idea that you are asking for the church to be clear and go through the usual church court process, that it is disturbing that you found out about this the same way everybody else did. One of the things, by reading it on the Vice News article, One of the things that you love about our faith is that the Lord's house is a house of order. So you welcome the order to return so you may continue as a saint in good standing, which I currently am. Which I currently am. I don't know why Glenn Beck adds that. They, I don't know why it wouldn't be just understood. They and you should deny any lies that are being spread. But be careful here, you don't think it is a coincidence that you have been seriously considering a run for Senate as these accusations come forward. You pray that you and your family and the church are protected from secret combinations that wish our faith and our country harm. Again, be careful here. A soft statement should be made on Monday, as we have proof what happened within the church. When you have the truth, when Sean has proof of what he needs, Mike Lee has what evidence he needs to prove anything political I might consider a credible investigator then and only then should you move forward this very well may be the first shot across the bow to let us to to let all of us know Satan has the unrighteous placed in all high places oh my gosh okay so Glenn is suggesting to Tim that maybe yep we got bad guys in high places even in the church issuing this statement condemning Tim Ballard So once again, he said, this very, well, maybe the first shot across the bow to let all of us know, Satan has the unrighteous placed in all high places. The unrighteous people placed in all high places. We need to be very strategical. We need to be very strategical about any moves from here. We are playing chess now. And this is Glenn Beck, the chess master. The days behind us, I fear, will soon feel like we were playing Candyland. You have known the importance of your calling. So here's Glenn Beck acknowledging, reaffirming Tim's calling. You have known the importance of your calling. The gates of hell have opened over and over and uh, over and over for you. Kathleen, I thought it was Catherine, Kathleen and the family. Know that God loves you and is with you. Let him be your sword and shield. He is not unaware of your plight. If the days in which we live are indeed what we think they are, the Lord will clean out his own house first. So in other words, if these are really the last days and we think they are, the Lord will clean out his own house first. Once again, a reference to bad people in the church. The truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth will set us free and will be the only thing that will stand the purification Let us love all those that hate and persecute us. May we all be on our knees for you and your family, as well as those brothers and sisters that are lost in darkness. Glenn Beck. And then he has a couple of signatures, which I'm not going to really bother with. That's the substance of it. Okay. So that is the letter from Glenn Beck. The email from Glenn Beck on Saturday, September 16th to Tim Ballard. And, this follows this where it says, Beck, along with Attorney General Reyes, became a fixer for Tim Ballard when the extent of his sexual depravity became known to the Mormon church. Now, I certainly see Glenn Beck acting in that way in this email. It goes on after the email. The complaint does. Since learning of Tim Ballard's implementation of the couple's ruse, Glenn Beck called it really bad stuff and feels duped by Ballard. You think, Glenn? Tim Ballard became friends with Tony Robbins, an American author, coach, and speaker who raised, who raised staggering amounts of money for Ballard. Documentaries were made of Tim Ballard and OUR, and in 2023, a feature film produced by Mormon-based Angel Studios called Sound of Freedom was released. Once again, this could be a surprise to a lot of evangelical Christians that Angel Studios is Mormon-based. The film claimed to portray the work Tim Ballard has done, and the movie has been hugely successful across the globe, according to the myth, adding to the myth of Tim Ballard. Attorney General Reyes being listed as an associate producer. And so they have a photo, and I think that might be of uh, a LinkedIn page for Sean Reyes, where it says associate producer, Sound of Freedom. LinkedIn, some kind of page like that. One Utah artist. Okay, so this is actually going on now to where the original complaint had continued. So all of this intermediate stuff, basically from paragraph 46 to paragraph 85, 85 picks up where the original complaint was, but the stuff in between, this is all new and original material to this complaint. So this is the amended complaint versus the original complaint. And I'm just trying to cover the stuff that I haven't covered before because I could be here until, oh my gosh, midnight. And right now it's nine 35 in the morning going through all of this. But fortunately I've gone through this entire complaint before the original complaint. So I'm just trying to go over the stuff that's new in the original complaint. I've been over all five of the original witness statements. So I'm not going to go over those again. I would if they had delineated which was new information and which was not in those witness statements, but as it is, no, I'm not going to do that. I doubt they really there's that much new that's added if so I think it would probably be included in the complaint. I think they've cleaned them up a bit I hope. And it looks by the way by scanning them that they that they have somewhat at least. Okay, and so they also have um some screenshots of text messages in different places in this complaint. Um I scanned those they don't seem to be really Terribly incriminating necessarily, but they do support the allegations in some aspects that the complainants have made. All right. Now, what I want to do here is I want to go down to the exhibits. And we're going to have to go down to around page 130 or so. We're going through those witness complaints there. And now we've just gotten through the last of the five witness complaints. What is the page number on this? And it doesn't have it. Okay. At any rate, so that's HDT I think it was. Now exhibit F. Exhibit F is the document that was mentioned in the lawsuit where Sean Reyes basically vouches for OUR to other political figures. In this case, it's uh, an individual who is um, high up in Haiti. Dear Mr. Fortuna, I am extremely grateful for your heroic work and the efforts to eliminate human trafficking in Haiti. And he talks about wanting to meet with him and scheduling something with him in Washington, D.C. And says Sean DeRay is Utah Attorney General. And here it's in this bottom paragraph where it says, I understand you were not able to visit us in Salt Lake City for the January 2018 Human Trafficking Awareness Month where many Utah anti-human trafficking groups were honored. I have a deep personal love for Haiti because of my experience with OUR. Okay, that's the the, vow, the vouching for OUR that he's doing to other political figures. Rafa House and Foyer de Sion, Guesnomarty's Orphanage. That's why that's included, basically for that and the Sean Reyes signature at the bottom. Exhibit G. This is uh, something where they're claiming back from 2016 that in the body of the complaint, they're attaching this in order to try and show that OUR is taking credit for the work of other people. It's rather lengthy and not exactly pellucid. Okay. Okay. Exhibit H. This is a copy of a subpoena duces tecum. Remember that the complaint said that there were people, organizations, that were complaining because Tim Ballard was taking credit for work that these organizations had done. They complained to Troy Rawlings, Davis County prosecutor, the guy who's conducting the investigation into Tim Ballard. And so, Troy Rawlings, name at the top, Troy Rawlings, Davis County attorney, sends subpoenas to them. Now, subpoena ducus tecum, by the way, is once again, it's a technical term. It's Latin. And what it means is, is that um, you're requesting or actually kind of commanding an individual or an organization to produce documents or something other than just necessarily testimony. So there's a subpoena, regular subpoena for testimony, subpoena ducus tecum to produce documents. So this is what was issued. They're blocked out or redacted to whom it was sent. But basically just showing that these kinds of subpoenas were sent in response to the complaints that Troy Rawlings was receiving, that Tim Ballard was claiming credit for work other organizations had done. And so that was back on the fourth day of November, 2020. Investigation's still going then. Troy Rawlings, Davis County attorney. All right. Exhibit I. Now, exhibit I is very interesting to me because notice this is an email from Troy Rawlings, the attorneys investigating, Tim Ballard. It's dated December 23rd, 2022. I think that's a two. It's a bit fuzzy, isn't it? at 1134 in the morning, and it's to a number of people, and the subject is, witness will not cooperate now. So here's what's going on. Troy Rawlings is conducting an investigation into Tim Ballard. He has been in contact with a number of witnesses, and now one of these witnesses that he's been in contact with who's been cooperative suddenly says, I'm not cooperating anymore. And he's gonna let the other side, the other attorneys for Tim Ballard know this, and say, what? Is up. And this is how he puts it. Thanks for your time yesterday. Once again, Troy Rawlings writing to representatives of OUR and Tim Ballard, I believe. A bad twist occurred within the last hour that I am not sure where this leaves us and what we will now do in response. A critical and highly credible witness informed this morning that he or she will no longer cooperate. The conversation was recorded. The only thing the witness will say today is, he or she was contacted directly by one of your clients. He or she was informed that the FBI and U.S. Attorney's Office are no longer part of the case and have cleared OUR and Tim Ballard. That Troy Rawlings i.e., the guy who's writing it, that Troy Rawlings will be sued and destroyed by Tim Ballard and their attorneys. And the witness provided some degree of basic yet interesting details of this plan. That if Tim Ballard and OUR and their counsel can take down and ruin Troy Rawlings, they can also surely destroy the life of this witness. Now, please understand what's going on is that Troy Rawlings has been working with the witness whom he designates as credible, critical, and highly credible witness. And he has a conversation with this person. The witness tells him that the witness has been contacted by somebody associated with OUR. In other words, one of the clients of OUR's attorneys to whom he's writing. This email. And that unknown person from OUR has now been telling this critical witness for the investigation all this information. This is called uh, witness tampering, by the way, just in case you don't know. All right. This is total witness tampering. And they're trying to shut down the investigation and impede the investigation is probably a better word by taking a critical witness and scaring them into not cooperating any further with Troy Rawlings by saying all the stuff that they're doing about Troy Rawlings. And if they can do it to Troy Rawlings, then they can sure do it to you and make your life a living hell. Why don't you make it easier on yourself and quit being so damn cooperative? So Troy Rawlings concludes, maybe the way to resolve this case is that Tim and O.U.R. sue me. And let's see what happens and where it goes from there. I welcome that. And please so inform your clients. I am not sure the January meeting will be prudent at this point. I do personally, I do personally like each of you and wish you a nice Christmas, despite the direction this has turned today. And that's very nice of him to say, because you know he's talking to attorneys, and attorneys don't always have the clients that they represent doing everything that they should be doing, sometimes doing things they shouldn't be doing. He's letting the attorneys know, so the attorneys will um, corral their clients and get them to knock this crap off. So he does end it by saying, I do personally like each of you, the attorneys, and wish you a nice Christmas, despite the direction this has turned today. That's called professional courtesy. Signed Troy Rawlings. And then he also has um, oh some kind of a, a saying as a signature on his email as well. Exhibit J, Exhibit J was the memorandum written February 14th, Valentine's Day, 2023 by Holland and Hart and Holland and Hart is the law office. I believe San Francisco that Tim Ballard hired to sue Troy Rawlings, the prosecutor who's investigating him in Utah. And so Holland and Hart, here they have this memorandum. It is this very, very long. Let me show you how long this thing is. It keeps going, and it's making all these claims against Troy Rawlings. Like here, uh, paragraph 26. On October thirteenth, 2020, Rawlings responded to the email from Alan White at the Utah Attorney General's office by questioning whether all $67,000 provided to the Davis County ICAC for the prior four years originated from OUR money, stating the claim is BS. This is a long screed against Troy Rawlings by the attorneys hired by Tim Ballard to make his life a living hell. (laughs) And it was, once again, this same document from which the attorneys filing the amended complaint included in the body of the complaint that information that I read to you earlier. I won't go over it again. And I'm certainly not going to read this whole thing. Um, Paragraph 60, leading up to and during the December meeting, Rawlings, Troy Rawlings, sent a series of emails and made requests of OUR and Ballard's legal counsel regarding whether OUR legally represented among others any of the following individuals and all this stuff. So these are all these very, very heavy-handed, very aggressive allegations being made against Troy Rawlings and the way he's conducting the investigation I don't know if they're true I don't know if they're all true I don't know if they're some true and some not I don't know if they're all false all I know is that they included this because they were able to read to get from this letter the fact that because And I'll say it again, because Tim Ballard's lawyers knew all this stuff about Troy Rawlings in order to write this letter and write all these complaints about him in their memorandum, then that means that Tim Ballard knew all this stuff as well. Does that make sense? Okay. So. And the fact that Tim Ballard knew it is what's relevant to the lawsuit. Okay. Exhibit K. By the way, this is a a memo, and you see it's not even signed. That's the end of the memo, 75 paragraphs long. Exhibit K. Once again, this is being sent by a person named Brent of Holland and Hart. See at the bottom? And that, once again, is the same law firm. Although it looks like they're... uh, Phone number has an 801 area code, which is Utah. But anyway, maybe they have satellite offices. Maybe it's not the one in San Francisco. This email is Brent Andrewson. Okay, we've heard that name before. And that is Tim's lawyer, Brent Andrewson. So it's from Brent Andrewson to Tim Ballard. Says for your information. It was sent February 6, 2023. And it says, wait a second, it's forwarded. Okay, I'm sorry. This is an email that was sent to Spence. Thanks for taking my call earlier today, based on certain happenings today and information in. O-U-R, or our small case, we would like you to open a file regarding potential violations of our client's rights subject to the jurisdiction of the Utah Attorney General's office. Although this week may be difficult to find a time to meet, we would like to find some time in the next two to three weeks to visit with you and share such information. Please let me know if we can schedule some time. Okay. So this is part of the allegation that they had made in the body of the complaint, the amended complaint about how Tim, now through his attorneys, is trying to get Sean Reyes to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate Troy Rawlings. So the original email was sent from somebody whose name is redacted. See, it's right redacted right there. That was sent on Monday, February 6th. It was sent to Spencer Austin at the, um, he's, well, I don't even have to recognize his name because we can tell from the email address he's at the AG Utah office. So he's with the um, he's with Sean Reyes. He's in Sean Reyes' office, the Utah Attorney General. Okay, so from somebody to the Utah Attorney General whose name is Spencer Austin saying, Spence, thanks for taking my call earlier today. So Brent Anderson spoke with Spencer earlier that day. Based on certain happenings today and information in OUR, we would like you to open a file regarding potential violations of our clients' rights, that's Tim Ballard, subject to their juris- the jurisdiction of the Utah Attorney General's Office, but they want them to open a file. Although this week may be difficult to find the time to meet, we would like to find some time in the next two to three weeks to visit with you and share such information. Please let me know if we can schedule some time. All right. Well, it says we would like you to open the file, open a file regarding potential violations of our client's rights. <clears throat> Excuse me. I'm not sure that that says they want a special prosecutor. There's one to file at this point. Okay. I've spent enough time on this email. Now here's the draft attorney client privileged. All right. This is the request for investigation of Davis County District Attorney Troy Rawlings and his investigator Brian Purdy. It is sent to Attorney General Sean Reyes. It is dated April blank, 2023. Now, the reason there's a blank there instead of a date is because this is not the final version. It even says at the top, it's a draft. And there are a number of places in there where our comments are made and questions are asked and other information. It's like when you're writing something and you realize you don't know the answer to this. and You're going to have to look it up. So you put a parenthetical comment or you put it all in caps. So it'll grab your attention later. So you go back and you say, okay, I need to do that. I need to put that in. Once you've got it all done, all those things are removed. The information is put in its place and then it's sent out. But this is a draft. And as I said, it's to a general Attorney General Sean Reyes. It was written in April 2023, obviously. Request for investigation of Davis County District Attorney Troy Rawlings and his investigator, Brian Purdy. So, This is a very, very long letter. Oh, it's a very long letter, and it's going to incorporate basically a lot of the things that they were complaining about Troy Rawlings earlier. And it even has its own table of contents. This is how um, contents, yeah. It's kind of faded blue. But it talks about OUR's fight against trafficking includes extensive financial and other support for law enforcement. All these things that they're going to say, and very little of which I find as important as the very fact that it was written. So this is the letter and the exhibit wherein Tim Ballard, through his attorneys, are requesting Sean Ray as the Attorney General of Utah to appoint a special prosecutor to investigate Troy Rawlings, and Troy Rawlings' investigator, who are both investigating Tim Ballard. That's the important thing to know about this. Let me see where I am time-wise. Yeah, I'm already at 11 minutes, more than an hour. So I don't want to make this too long. If there is anything else of substance, I can come back to it. But what I want to get to are the exhibits now relating to the blessing from Tom Harrison upon the head of our hero, Tim Ballard. Oh, let me tell you this. This is Exhibit L. This is the exhibit that connects to the allegation and the complaint that says that Sean Reyes would receive complaints regarding Tim Ballard and OUR functions, and he would send those complaints to Tim Ballard, and he wouldn't send them from his own official government email address, he would send it, Sean Reyes would send it to Tim Ballard or forward it to Tim Ballard from Sean Reyes' personal address. So here we have forward, right? Forward, forward. It's been forwarded twice. Urgent. The theater financial fraud of pay it forward of Sound of Freedom. You'll see here it says Sean Reyes, Reyes D at gmail.com. It's his personal address. And... It's to Tim Ballard says, Tim, I'm sure you've received more than a few emails expressing concerns about theater conditions, but this is a new and interesting concern. If true, just thought you'd want to pass along to whomever is the most appropriate to review it. And this is an interesting, interesting allegation, which I'd never heard before. And I don't know if it falls at Tim Ballard's feet or the theater's feet, but it looks like the attorney general is forwarding it to Tim Ballard. It was sent on July 19th, 2023. And it says, Dear Attorney General Reyes, theaters are financially abusing the pay-it-forward tickets for Sound of Freedom. Remember, they have pay-it-forward tickets where you can buy tickets for other people and just pay it forward so other people who can't afford it can go and watch the movie. Well, here's what he says. Theater screening and show times are 1 o'clock a.m. It's in the morning. I had to go back and look at that, but it's a.m., this is the problem, 2.30 a.m., 3.30 a.m. and 5 o'clock a.m., only on the free tickets on Angel Studios' website. What? Who's going to be going to a movie between midnight and 6 o'clock in the morning, even though four, four theater screenings and showtimes are listed between midnight and 6 o'clock in the morning? It says screenshots are attached for the zip code, and this is in Tulsa, Oklahoma, where it's happening. However, for the same dates, These unreasonable screenings and showtimes do not appear on the same theater for public ticket purchase. Unless Angel Studios agreed theaters could have screenings at these unreasonable times, the end result is theaters are fraudulently fraudulently burning through hundreds of thousands of the pay-it-forward tickets at these unreasonable times at 1 a.m. to 5 a.m. times. This theater abuse must be made public and theaters must credit back all the tickets at these unreasonable one o'clock AM to five o'clock AM times. This alert has been forwarded to angel studios last weekend, 15 July. However, they are too busy to do anything. Uh, this alert also has been sent to independent media gateway, pundit, etc. Please confirm receipt of this urgent email blessings. And thank you for your significant role in sound of freedom. So this is a fan but he's going, what are these theaters doing? They're abusing these pay it forward tickets by raking in the money, by applying these tickets, at least the allegation was in this complaint to Sean Reyes, which he forwards on his personal email to Tim Ballard, that they're just uh, burning up all this money and collecting all this money and applying it for screenings that nobody would be there for to pay for themselves. So they're kind of double dipping, I think, is the idea. Now, exhibit M. This is to Brad Damon. It says, Brad Tim, I'm sending this to you too. Okay, this is the very extended email exchange between the attorney, the in-house attorney that OUR hired to review the ops that Tim Ballard and others were involved in to make sure that they were done correctly and that they would pass legal muster. And that's the one I... Already took some time synopsizing for you. I won't do it again now. You can read it for yourself. It's certainly very interesting. And now you'll understand, based on what I said before, what it is that it's really getting at. This is Sunday, June nineteenth, two 2022. But this is Alessandro Serrano. That is the in-house counsel's name. Brad, Tim. I'm sending this to just you two, as Tim did not want my comments sent to the RDs or blank right now. I know the RDs and blank will be involved in the post-op debrief and hope they can benefit from the roundtable and comments from a former prosecutor, that's herself, from a former prosecutor's perspective at some point. I think it's important that we be critical and constructive. I know I learn a lot from this advice. Once again, I'm not going to go reviewing this or reading all of this. I have reviewed it and I've already described it. But this is where she says, I reviewed the entire video from Tim's op. My comments are meant to be constructive and helpful to avoid any legal issues or other liability from this or future ops for Tim, all undercovers and the organization as a whole. And I am so glad Tim said at the OC office, meeting these types of review post-op debriefs get tough where people need thick skin. I'm so glad he said that because guess what? That's what I'm gonna be. Apologies if this email comes across as harsh. Just trying to be brief and to the point, I'm happy to discuss any or all of my comments and the justification for them from my 18-plus years of experience defending hundreds of UC undercover ops in trafficking, exploitation, and other settings such as drugs and firearms. Overall takeaways are below. All right. So now she goes into all of this stuff. There's entirely too much talking from Tim and the undercovers. There were entrapment issues. I'm skipping down bullet points. There were entrapment issues throughout, throughout the two-plus-hour video. Conduct that shocks the conscience also throughout. It is one thing where the subject is the one speaking in shocking terms, but we should not. Possible criminal law violations. Did we show child porn to subject? That's got to be what the CP means. Did we show child porn to the subject? It's unclear what was shown to the subject at certain points, but I certainly hope not child porn. We are not allowed to possess child porn and certainly not show it anywhere in the world. Even if we had top cover, we should not re-exploit kids by showing child porn. She says, use of real kids in the op? Tim and undercover shows picture of real kids to the subject. I think it's unclear. It appears to be talking to, to a real kid. Who are these kids and did we get permission to use their photo? And if child porn, we are re-exploiting that kid. It's a liability issue. And optics that we are re-exploiting kids if they are kids or victims from prior ops. The undercovers need to be mindful of where the cameras are. I realize we can't pose or be perfect, but to the extent we can sit or stand where the video is capturing the subject, the better. In other words, quit getting in the way of the camera. All right? Let the camera... Take the subject. Don't get in the way. Also some audio issues where some of the conversation is inaudible. I realize this is more of a tech issue, but for your information. Then she gives a bunch of concrete examples and she goes on. Once again, I'm not going to read through all those, but she gives timestamps all the way through and says, I welcome the opportunity to discuss any or all of this. Again, my comments are meant to be constructive and in the best interest of the op, the undercovers, especially Tim and the organization as a whole. Thanks, Allie. And then here is the email from Tim Ballard that is in response to Alessandro Serrano's, the in-house counsel's critique. And he sends it to everybody else as well. He says, hi, team. Why doesn't he just correspond with her? He's going to say why. I'm not reading all this. This is the one that is so belabored about how right he is and how brilliant his plan is and how she didn't understand because he didn't tell her this other stuff before, which totally makes everything perfect in his mind. Hi, team. Allie wrote a review of undercover footage she obtained that depicts a June 6th operation I led in Mexico City. Please read her review in full. It's in this email thread below. I have responded to her review, which can be found in the attached word dot. Okay. Okay. Oh, let's see here. Now, this gets a little bit out of order because now it has the in-house counsel's response to Tim Ballard's email. Here's the email that Tim sends in response to her. And I'll just read a little bit of this. Thanks, Allie. I appreciate the time you took to do this. I also appreciate you reminding us that debriefs can sound harsh. I know and love your passion to keep us safe in operations, and I recognize that your analysis harsh as it may come across as a reflection of that passion. That said, as a legal advisor to operations, I'm sure you would agree that your role in advising is also subject to review. This is a character trait, isn't it? My response to your analysis may come across as harsh, but it is also necessary for us all to learn our roles in this. <clears throat> This entire exercise is also important as it will inform our final draft of SOPs for operations, standard operating procedures for operations. I'm confident, blah, blah, blah. So my bottom line reaction to your analysis of the Mexico City blank case, 100 years of prosecutorial experience would not have qualified you or anyone to take two hours of undercover footage and make the conclusions you made. You had no context. It's akin to stepping into a feature film halfway through, spending 10 minutes watching, then exiting and writing a credible review. It's impossible, even if the movie reviewer held the world record for most movies ever watched and reviewed. You may respond thinking, well, there is no harm in sending out an email that includes an out of context review. But in this case, there is great potential harm in addition to wasting valuable time, says the guys, says <laughs> Tim Ballard, who never wastes any valuable time on ops or preparing for ops. <clears throat> which I will explain below. But first I will explain why your conclusions were off as they were almost entirely built upon a false premise. Well, who's responsible for the false premise, Tim? The covertly filmed two-hour undercover meeting at the Ritz-Carlton Hotel, which you analyzed was a very different type of undercover operation. You clearly assumed it was a more traditional undercover meet that we are both very accustomed to. This particular meeting had only two objectives, blah, 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 and it's all that, why he's right. Okay. There were entrapment issues. He responds to that. First, I'm surprised by your pretty bold assumption that we raised criminal topics or opportunities to the target, which were never acknowledged by the target. This presupposes the very false idea that this was my first meeting with the subject. In fact, this was my fifth meeting with him. See, he's creating all these meetings that she had no knowledge of when she's reviewing this. And yet, why is she reviewing it when it's given to her out of context? If indeed it's really out of context and Tim isn't just making all this stuff up at this point in order to avoid the criminal problems that his in house counsel has identified in the video. In fact, this was my fifth meeting with him to include FaceTime and audio calls. Yes, it was my first in person meeting. Okay, so it's the first meeting, but he's talked to him before on the phone. <laughs> Four times, so he's gonna call this his fifth meeting. Yes, it was my first in-person meeting, but that, of course, is of little consequence when determining entrapment issues. What has already been clearly communicated by the target, whether in person or via telecom, is what matters, in addition to the prior communications. All right, so in other words, he's gonna say all this stuff happened before, and this guy came up with the ideas, and Tim wasn't bringing them up and imposing them on him as, it a review of the video, the two-hour video itself would show. Okay, so he responds to all of her critiques in this, and now I'm going back up because I want to get to her response to what he wrote. Sunday, June 26th, she responds to Tim and everybody else to whom he sent his dressing down of her. I'm really starting not to like Tim Ballard. Actually, I've been feeling that way for couple of weeks now. (laughs) It's just getting worse. Tim, thanks for the email. There's a lot to unpack here in your multi-page document, so I won't go blow by blow through the entire thing, but no, I am happy to discuss. In fact, I welcome it. I mean, she is his employee. At any time, at your convenience, I stand by my comments based upon what I was allowed to review, what I was allowed to review, what I was allowed to review. As you know, I repeatedly asked For a debrief of this op prior to execution, but was provided nothing. No phone call, no text, no email, nothing from anyone. So I am Monday morning quarterbacking based upon what I have. That's what I understand my job as CLO of Intel Ops is supposed to be. I even recall talking with you before I started with OUR that I would get to review every op. That was not the case here. If that's changed, please advise so I know my lane. The hot wash and review was a decision made and agreed to at the OC board meeting. You even agreed with the process. I texted you in advance and said I wanted to provide my comments based upon what I had prior to me leaving for Uganda. Even though the hot wash review is supposed to go to all RDs, I, as a courtesy, asked you, Tim, twice if you wanted to limit it, given what I have to say. She goes on, and she's not backing down. I've said on multiple occasions, including at the last OC meeting, that it's my intent to protect OUR, its employees, especially Tim, from any fallout on any level to the best I can while help support the saving as many kids as possible. Next paragraph. I thank you, Tim. I think you, Tim, are unfortunately aware of how optics can go sideways. I think you've been unfairly targeted, and I am mindful of that and want to do what I can to prevent further fodder. So, if you feel I am not doing my job to you, Brad, and the board's satisfaction, fire me. But I will not back down or compromise my integrity, what I think is good for the entire organization, its mission and purpose, based upon my years of experience defending agents and officers in court in the toughest anti-government circuit in the country and will always express my opinion as I see it in an appropriate manner. So you let me know when you want to talk. I will make the time at your convenience. I don't care if it's it's at 2 a.m. while I'm on vacay, vacay, vacation. I think it's important if you and the board feel my intent, heart, and mind are not in the right place, or if you feel I'm not living up to my job description, I welcome constructive feedback back and open dialogue, but will not compromise my integrity or DNA. So name the time, date. I'll be happy to discuss. Thanks. So this is what happens when an in-house counsel is asked by Tim Ballard to review an op for potential problems. She does that. She does it thoroughly. She does it well. And then Tim's response is to dress her down in a multi-multi-page email, which he sends out to everybody, even though she sent her comments only to him and to Brad. And this is her response to him. Okay. But this is the part that connects with the complaint where it says that their in-house counsel had been warning him that what he was doing could be criminal and could get him in trouble with the law. Okay. Now let's go back down here. I have to go back through Tim's response to her. Oh, by the way, in his response, I remember this part where he says in this paragraph, as to entrapment, impossible. At no time were we seeking to use blank to get him to commit some overt act in furtherance of the case. As I explained, there was no time and no possibility. The arrest was ordered based on evidence already collected pursuant to child porn. The blank ruse was just a tool and a brilliant one at that. He's talking about his own ruse and a brilliant one at that so that the target would reveal himself. And thus trigger the arrest and search, which it did! Exclamation point! Ha ha! Checkmate to you, Allison. This guy really, really thinks a lot of himself. I mean, he is the guy who allegedly told one of his female operatives, um, "You know, I'm kind of a big deal." Remember that one? <laughs> All right. So he continues to go on and on and on and on. This guy really, really writes a lot. Okay. And he talks a lot too, apparently. This is all his response. Yeah. My word. Oh, okay. And once again, they have the originally. Okay. Now, exhibit in. We are within, I think, 20 minutes of being done here. I hope so. Exhibit in. This is. December 6, 2021, Tim Ballard Blessing Highlights. Okay, let me go to the bottom of this. This is, I think, two, three pages. Sincerely, Tom Harrison. This is an email from Tom Harrison, or purports to be an email from Tom Harrison, writer of Visions of Glory. I guess it's not an email. It's a document. Dated December 6, 2021, talking about Tim Ballard Blessing Highlights. Apparently, Tom Harrison has previous to this date, sometime previous to this date, given Tim Ballard a blessing, and now he's being asked to recall what was in the blessing by somebody for some purpose, which I'm not sure is mentioned in this document, but he's writing it for a reason, even though he doesn't really want to. So somebody's asking him whether it's Tim Ballard or somebody else. Tim Ballard would make sense because why would he recap a blessing he gave to Tim Ballard for somebody else asking about it. So I'm guessing that if he gave the blessing, the blessing was not written down, it wasn't transcribed, and so now somebody, possibly, Tim Ballard is asking him, what did you say again in that blessing you gave me? All right, December 6, 2021, Tim Ballard Blessing Highlights by Tom Harrison. Because of the nature of the priesthood blessing given and the power felt during the administration of the blessing, As I rehearse what I can remember regarding it, I fear in trying to summarize it. It may assuredly take away from the flow and true purpose and meaning of the blessing. Some of the main points might certainly be excluded in my trying to recollect what was conveyed. So here are my impressions to the best of what I can presently remember, praying that what is now difficult to recall may be conveyed back to me so I can share the process and content with you, the Receiver. the receiver who received the blessing, Tim Ballard. So it sounds like this is being written to Tim Ballard. So I can share the process and content with you, the receiver. Okay, I'm thinking it's definitely to Tim Ballard now. It would make sense that it was, but that kind of makes it make more sense. The fact that you have been given many priesthood blessings by your father, brother, President Ballard and others. Yes, it's definitely to Tim Ballard was very evident and important. This fact was given to me and was emphasized significantly so I could see the importance of the combining of all these blessings into one. It was emphasized by the Spirit for me to consider that this combining was taking place. It was clear that all these individuals who had blessed you in the past love and care deeply for you. This blessing I was giving you was somehow a confluence of all the blessings received. Like at the time of giving the blessing, All the previous blessings you had received were in a predestined pattern flowing together into one great whole. Are there people who are really impressed by the pseudo-spiritual malarkey? I guess so. Okay, let's see if he gets us something significant. Like they, in some fashion built upon each other, the blessings, and were coming together at this crucial time in your life for some grand purpose. I could feel this happening by seeing a swirling, blending motion, seeing in my mind's eye all these administrations flowing together in a manner sent from above to incorporate them all into one for strength and solidarity purposes. This confluence made the whole stronger and were prepared in a way that made them easier for your spirit and body to digest, incorporate, and integrate them all into one. Okay. Going on, the legions of righteous spirits from the other side were evident and spoken of in the blessing. Okay, so now he's actually getting to the blessing and the content of it as he recalls it that he gave to Tim Ballard, Tom Harrison. Many of these righteous spirits, many had gathered for the purpose of this blessing to cheer and grieve with you. They had and still are pleading with Father on behalf of you, Catherine, and your family's spiritual and physical welfare. This time... You see, it is Catherine, his wife, not Kathleen, As Glenn wrote, This time is a crossroads for you, and they were there to pull and see you through this time of sorrow and testing. They are seeking deliverance, help, and heavenly support in this crucial journey. The dark forces that are now conspiring against you and have been for a year or longer were made evident, and they were rebuked in the name of Jesus Christ to return from whence they came and no longer have power to disturb your peace. You were instructed to no longer go to their place of dwelling and operation. Does that mean not go to strip clubs? You were instructed to no longer go to their place, the evil spirits, the dark forces, right, of dwelling and operation. A reason you are suffering so severely is that you do not live, think, or function as they do, And that you can no longer waste your spiritual and physical time and energy trying to discover their hellish plans and schemes, but that you will soon rise above them, so their plans will be totally frustrated and brought to naught. These forces, both earthbound and evilly possessed, both earthbound and evilly possessed, are united to bring you down to their level, darkness, and dysfunction by the power of the priesthood and in the name of Jesus Christ. They were rebuked that the dark influences inside of you and outside of you were cast out and sent on their way. These evil minions have placed blockages, stumbling blocks, and diversions upon the path that the Lord has set for you. You are blessed that their ways will be frustrated. The stumbling blocks directed at you were removed and all their work will come to naught. The adversary is unsuccessfully trying to thwart the work that God has planned for you to accomplish. There's the calling. It feels to you like their power is great. However, you were promised that there are more with you than that stand against you. You will soon see this reality and it will drastically change how you view those who are against you. Those who stand with you will grow to a point of overwhelming the powers of darkness. The tide of destruction will turn to ruin upon the head of those who of those against you. It seems it seemed that there will be a companion given to assist you in these future works, someone that will strengthen the process. As you continue to walk uprightly and manifest your belief in Father and His Son, so shall your humility grow in strength and wisdom. Increase your willingness to be teachable, and you will be taught great things. Allow your cup to be full and overflowing with the teachings of the Lord. He desires to teach you. You will then have the confidence necessary. To stand in your relationship with God and seek his will and enjoy the peace of his teachings, not man's or men, but God's. DNC 8488. And whoso receiveth you, there I will be also, for I will go before your face. I will be on your right hand and on your left, and my spirit shall be in your hearts and mine angels round about you to bear you up. Okay. I think that's probably what DNC 8488 says. You are a gift given to Christ by the Father. You, Tim, are a gift, capital G, given to Christ by the Father, which will be tested in the furnace of affliction to rise above the precepts of men and take your rightful place with those who follow him at all costs, depths, and situations. Do not look at what is presently happening as what you think it is, for it is what you are being prepared for shortly. How short ye know not, how long is not shown unto you. Do not limit yourself by your present thinking and limited vision. All these things will be revealed here a little and there a little. For the stones, mountains, valleys know what will soon come to pass. However, you do not know the where, when, and wherefore. This unknown is what is trying your soul, patience, and well-being. It will all be revealed in time. Have patience, my son. Wow. Prepare for what is right around the corner. For it is not what you think. It is far different than you have ever considered. Trust in the timing of it all. You know, this... So much of this could be said to anybody in any bad situation it's like the person who's giving it tom harrison doesn't know anything about the future but he's saying you don't know you think it's this it's not that but you know the stones the mountains the valleys know but i don't know tom harrison doesn't know if he did he could say it but he's not this is just mumbo jumbo this is the new york times What, the zodiac signs the um I'm sorry I'm forgetting the name of the word the little blurbs about it your your horoscope this is horoscope stuff this is total bs oh open your heart trust in the timing of it all just go forward willing to give up all you have created for a much greater work and greater assignment open your heart and mind and keep it open words were given you to gather support and those who will support you in what is ahead for you with For with these thousands and hundreds of thousands, and even millions which you will gather, the support needed will come to you to sustain you in preparation for your future roles and responsibilities. You were blessed that your heart, mind, spirit, understanding, and vocabulary will be expanded to gather the support from all over the country and world to accomplish your mission in life's work. This is a patriarchal blessing. OUR is not that work. Ah, it's not. It was just your starting point. What is this again? Excuse me. It was in December 6th of 2021. Yeah, it's almost like um, he's getting questions about whether he's going to lose his role as the head of OUR. I don't know. For some reason, Tom Harrison is saying, OUR is not that work. It was just your starting point. Because of the present division of your heart, mind, and spirit, they were blessed to again work together and no longer be divided. You were protected against all opposition that they will have no power over you. I don't know how that's working now, Tom. You were protected against all opposition that they will have no power over you. The law enforcement, the courts, police, and all who fight against you will be frustrated in their attempts. You will come forth triumphant and successful. Tim, there was so much more given, which was coming so fast that my mind can now not remember. Thank you for the opportunity to be voice God continue to bless you as a son, husband, father, brother, friend, learner, and fellow traveler on the earth. Sincerely, Tom Harrison. Mm, Okay. All these roads leading back to Tom Harrison from Tim Ballard, from Chad Daybell, from Lori Vallow, from all sorts of people, all going back to Tom Harrison. And not necessarily good people either. Now, exhibit O. Exhibit O is interesting. Now, this is dated to Tim, so he gets another blessing. This is August 5th. This is 2023, so this is just a couple months ago. Today is November 4th, 2023. So It's three months ago, almost to the day. To Tim, through Tom. So, through Tom Harrison, right? Person who just wrote this. Tom Harrison, T-H-O-M. It's very distinctive spelling, so it's easy to figure out who it is. It's titled, To Tim Ballard through Tom Harrison, I am a second witness, exclamation point, Ken. Ken is the person who's the president of the Spear Fund. Remember, that was referred to earlier in the complaint. Ken is now the president of the Spear Fund, and he is apparently channeling Tom Harrison to Tim Ballard. Okay, it says, Saturday, August 5th, 2023, 6.15 p.m. This came to me regarding Tim from the writings of 2 Corinthians 6. So when it says this came to me, is this Ken talking for Ken, or is this Ken talking for Tom Harrison? As the ministers of God to administer to his children, you have been called by apostolic decree. It takes much patience in affliction, distresses, and in necessities to accomplish such responsibilities and foreordinations ordinations as you have been called. In riotings and revelings, you are caused to endure and suffer much. Weird language, but I expect it has to do with 2 Corinthians 6. Sounds familiar. You will be sustained by the pureness of speech, by pure knowledge from God. Long-suffering will be demanded, for where much is given, much is of necessity required. Then the kindness of the Holy Ghost will comfort and sustain you. His unfeigned love will sustain you, not like the feigned love of friends, past supporters, and family, who have abandoned you. Family has abandoned him. Hmm. For filthy money lies conspiracy and all manner of greediness, selfishness, and false accusations. You will be susten- <laughs> excuse me. You will be sustained by the word of truth, by the power of God unto righteousness, by His armor of righteousness. He will go before you on your right and on your left before you to dispel falsehoods and to be at your rearward, to defend your back. God has your sixth Tim. You have and will continue to receive honor and dishonor, evil as well as good report, and be surrounded and assailed by deceivers as well as those who are yet true and will remain upright before you. You have been prophetically proclaimed to be known and unknown, unknown by your enemies and the enemies of truth and righteousness before the children of God, known to those who will support you in times of trouble and grief. Your grief and shame have gone before the ears of the God of the Sabbath. He gathered and heard thy sorrows, despair and pain. You have felt like dying, yet behold, you live to fight another day for the salvation of his children and the covenants he has made with the nation, the covenant that will save the remnant, of America, You see, I think this is really heady stuff to the people who are producing it, to Ken, who is maybe channeling Tom Harrison, apparently, to produce this language. I think it's very heady stuff, perhaps, to Tim Ballard, who's having it said to him and about him. But to me, it just looks like crazy talk. You will be chastened, yet not killed, beaten, yet not bloodied. In your sorrowful heart, there is always rejoicing of what you have seen, what has been shown you, and what will continue to parade before your eyes and live in your heart. You will live on to see the destruction of this nation. Okay. The abandonment of righteous ideals. The Constitution hangs in the balance. Yep, doesn't it always? Ever since Joseph Smith said it, Constitution hanging by a thread. Been hanging by a thread for a long time, almost 200 years now. The Constitution hangs in the balance of unrighteous leadership and the selfish desires of conspiring men and women. You will stand as a solitary witness of all you have warned the nations of, and you will see all those who offend his little ones fall into the traps they have set for men like you to stumble into. Nations will rise up and call you blessed, nations you know not of. Are they not on the map? And you will say in your heart, where have these nations come from? Where are are these been born of? And from whence have they come to redeem this nation from Babylon the Great? Yeah, I think it's probably quoting from Isaiah or something in the Old Testament there. These with their banners so terrible will fight with weapons never before imagined. They will not slumber or sleep before the battle is won. It takes much patience in something distresses and in necessities. Oh, hang on a second. This is, most of this second page is duplicating the first page. There it is. These with their banners so terrible will fight with weapons never before imagined. They will not slumber or sleep before the battle is won, their battle and yours being one, the same. United is the righteous deliverance of the captive, valiant and true. I'm sorry. (laughs) United is the righteous deliverance of the captive, valiant, and true. Yes. The pellet with the poisons and the vessel with the palace, the chalice with the palace, has the brew that is true. That's what that reminds me of. Cease all filthy conversations. Shrink not or faint. You are held up by faith, prophecy, and foreordained to do this work. Heal the breach in your marriage. So there's a breach in his marriage. Trouble in paradise. Honeymoon's over. Something's going on. Between Tim and Catherine, otherwise unspecified, as of three months ago. I can't imagine why Catherine would be having a problem with her husband three months ago when all this stuff is coming out. Okay, heal the breach in your marriage. Pray for those. By the way, the admonition to Tim to heal the breach in his marriage suggests that Tim's the cause. Otherwise, he couldn't heal it. Heal the breach in your marriage. Pray for those who speak evil against you. Love those that hate you, for many will fall into the pit they have dug for you. We heard that before. He's repeating himself now. I am with you always. Whoa, 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 whoa. I am with you always. Suddenly now it's Jesus talking. This is Jesus talking. Through Ken, the president of the Spear Fund, who's channeling Tom Harrison, the author of Visions of Glory, who is apparently channeling Jesus. It's very complicated, this line of revelation. I am with you always, your Savior, Redeemer, and friend. Your battle is mine. Your ways are becoming my ways. Make now your heart my heart, your mind my mind. And that's a song from the end of West Side Story. Make of our hearts one heart. These things are uttered in righteousness and under the sacred and holy name of Jesus the Christ. Amen. To be distributed to Tim and to Todd and Ken and their dear spouses. All right. So exhibit P now is the separation and mutual release re- excuse me, separation and mutual release agreement. And this is what Tim signed in order to when he was forced to be forced to resign from O-U-R. So they've got a bunch of things in here. You know, this is just a a legal document. It isn't signed, at least this version. I don't know if Tim did sign this version or if it had to be changed or anything, but it gives all the different um, conditions and everything related to his stepping down as the president of O-U-R. Now, this is under paragraph 2 where it says consideration in the mutual release and waiver of claims. It says subject to the terms. Okay, let me just read this because this has money in it. It gets people's attentions. Provided you do not revoke this agreement, the company will pay you, so you are, as a severance payment, 18 times your monthly current salary, a total of $618,000. So let me just see here. If I can do that, divide that by 18. I wonder how much that comes to. Let's see. I think it's gonna come about 330, 40, 54. Okay. And now six, seven, seventy-eight. I'll probably go into that four. 40, and then four times eight, seventy-six. I think seventy six. Okay. Assuming I'm doing this correctly, I'm doing it long. I'm doing it on a pad of paper and long division. If that's correct, it looks like his monthly salary at OUR was approximately $34,000 a month. So let me see here, 34 times 18, eight times four. Oh, this is really embarrassing to do this here. That's gonna be 32, carrier three. Eight times three is 24, 27, zero, four, three. It's gonna be two, one, six. Okay, yeah. I think that's pretty close. I think I got that pretty close. I think it's around $34,000 a month he was making. And so what they're saying is, as severance, severance agreement, part of this thing, you resign and we'll give you 18 months worth of your salary. It's total $618,000. Subject to the terms of this agreement, the consideration will be paid to you in two lump sums, $206,000 at one time and then 412,000 that totals up to the 618,000 okay you will you acknowledge that the consideration represents money etc so what this is is simply a uh, a separation package severance agreement for him stepping down um i've heard that maybe other people have called this or termed it paying him off I don't know if that's necessarily correct or if it is, you could probably call any of these severance agreements and they happen every day uh, called paying somebody off, but um, it's a severance agreement. It's a lot of money. He was making a lot of money. And so this severance agreement is for a lot of money. And then it goes on. And on. And on. And here's the part where it says signing signature page follows. So it has a place for Timothy Ballard of Operation Underground Railroad, Inc. to sign. Excuse me. They have a place for Timothy Ballard to sign and a place for OUR to sign. Timothy Ballard is the one who's resigning, who would be accepting the terms. It's not signed or dated. Operation Underground Railroad would be signed by presumably um, an authorized representative, such as the president, and dating that says this agreement is not to be executed until after the separation of employment has occurred. So it had not been concluded or executed as of the time this copy was obtained. Exhibit Q, this is June 14th, 2023. This is once again from Brent Andrewson, or excuse me, to Brent Andrewson, who is Glenn Beck's attorney. Actually, excuse me, it's, yes, it's to OUR's attorney. I think that, I'm not sure what happened here. It doesn't really make that much difference, but it is sent to Brent Andrewson, who I recognize as having been OUR's attorney. It is sent by attorney, new attorneys on behalf of Tim Ballard. And so apparently Brent Anderson is continuing to represent OUR. And they're basically talking about this document that we just got done reading and the terms of it. And they were asking for full severance of his current salary for two years. Uh, The contract shows a year and a half, et cetera. So, this is what this is a negotiating document, which was apparently sent before this other document. Yeah, June 14th, 2023, before this other document was created. That would make sense to me. All right. Well, that is my review of the amended complaint filed in the original lawsuit against Tim Ballard by the five female plaintiffs. So let me see here now if I can get this off the screen. I'm back here again. This has been, oh my gosh, I'm going on two hours. This was incredibly long. I hope you found it interesting. I certainly have. There's a lot of new information in here, and that's why I wanted to dig into it, my first available opportunity. It is now 1038 in the morning here in the Pacific time zone on November 4th. I'll do what's necessary to get this thing produced, which means I'll I'll let Bill know that it's ready to go and he'll take care of all the production. <laughs> I don't know where I'd be without Bill Real. And that's the truth. So um, I want to thank everybody for watching. Once again, please hit like. Please hit subscribe. Please leave a comment below if you care to say anything about what's been said, what was covered, what wasn't covered, any questions that you might have. Go ahead and leave comments below. And uh, once again, thank you to everybody who has gone to RadioFreeMormon.org to make a contribution there and a donation at that website. Your donations do keep Radio Free Mormon broadcasting behind enemy lines. Until next time, this is Radio Free Mormon signing off the air.